This right. is an eight iron and it's a dead shank. Wow. Way right. Oh, Takes a, a hop off the path. You gotta be kidding me. Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill. One hop up and bite and it's in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome to the Sub-70 Podcast a man truly who does not need an introduction. He's the golf pro who knows every golf pro, but every golf pro may not know who he is yet. Yet, that is. The great Mike Dominic. Welcome, sir. I'm here. I'm here. Let's burn it down. Ryder Cup. It is uh, uh, America wins. Europe loses. There's a lot to talk about, I think. Um pretty dominating but uh, as a professional golfer yourself uh, i would love to have just from we'll start at five thousand feet give me your opinion what happened well i mean what happened was that the europeans got their butts kicked i mean plain and simple you know and like you and i talked a little bit before the Ryder cup about the venue the captain's picks uh we weren't we, we weren't really all for it. And I think Steve Stricker, captain, the new captain America. I mean, I, I, I think that he did a phenomenal job. I mean, when you set a record, you beat a team 19 to nine. I mean, that's an absolute whooping. I mean, I, I basically, you know, they want to talk about the uh, slaughter by the water. I mean, I thought it was more like the get off my lawn open. Well, but let me let you me know? ask this. Did in, in in I love Steve Stricker, so it's nothing against him. But is it the captain, or do you just use analytics, put smart pairings together? You take Scotty Scheffler over, you know, Patrick Reed because he hits it thirty yards past him, and they're professional athletes who say go play golf. Like, okay, so I'm I'm you're on the Ryder Cup. Do, do I really need to motivate you? Right? Do Absolutely I, not. Right. I mean, you're, you're playing for your country. And, and, like, when I was over in Europe, and one of the coolest things was when it's like, hi, you know, we you know, are now in the first tee, the A42 tee time, teeing off, representing the United States, Mike Dominic. Like, that, like, I know it's first or second stage of European Q school, but that's really cool. You know, because everyone kind of looks at you like, oh, man, who's this weirdo from the United States coming over across the pond to play golf? But well, there's more I, than one person saying that one on the first team. A hundred, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. The, the the Swedes did not really like us, nor the English, nor anybody else. But you're you're playing for your country. And Brooks's comments beforehand, uh, you and I were texting about this a little bit, where he's like, ah, I just don't really get that fired up. I don't get my gym time. I don't get my naps. It's like, hey man, you got three days to go out and play for your country, and uh, whip on some people. So. Why not do it and go have a day? So that's my question on the captaincy. And I figure we'll just we'll get into it right away. Is the captaincy a bit overrated for what Podrick, who's going to probably get crucified for this, and Steve Stricker looking, you know, like a genius? Or is it just they played better and they have a higher world ranking and they made more putts and the golf course was set up probably to more of their advantage and all came together where they played really well? It, it, it seems like to me... This is my opinion, like yours, like the captaincy is a bit like they don't hit a golf shot. Like I think you and I could captain that team with a MIT genius who would just give us the raw data and we would just say, congratulations, 
<clears throat> you're playing with this person. I'm going off to play uh, the Irish course. I'll see you in four hours. Like, and if you can't figure this out at this point when you're a PGA Tour player, you're in trouble, right? You're, like, you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're in a lot of trouble. The one thing, the one thing that analytics do not measure is how much heart you have, though. I.e., Tom Brady, right? Like that, all the analytics. You fall to what the seventh round, and the guy goes out and he wins however many Super Bowls. But how much has Six, analytics seven? changed in twenty years? It, 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 and it really has. Uh, you know, like like the prime example in Moneyball, it wasn't Moneyball was not about putting Hatterberg at first. It was the fact that you only need to score three runs because you got three all-star pitchers on your team where their ERA is two. So they just knew that they knew that they needed to score three runs in order to win baseball games with the Oakland athletics, which is one of the worst franchises in the history of franchises. But to your point, like you're trying to say, you know, again, we talked about this, the, Hey DJ, you're a really good ball striker. Call Morikawa. You're a really good ball striker. Let's pair you together. Let's hit 18 greens around and you'll figure out how to make putts. And those guys destroyed people. Yeah, and they're also, you know, in, 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 like I, I saw an interesting stat too. If you uh, added up all of the world rankings, the Americans without Patrick Reed, which would made it lower, was like eight point two. The Europeans mm-hmm. were like in the thirties. Mm-hmm. If you added it all up, there was an inherent advantage just in the quality of play too, right? Right, right, yeah. And there's an inherent advantage every Ryder Cup with the Americans. But this I mean, one was bigger I, I, than normal. I think that always has been. It was bigger than normal. Yes, it was. But there's always – the Americans always look at the Ryder Cup and they go, man, on paper, we should absolutely destroy these guys. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Ian Poulter, who has never lost a singles match, comes out of nowhere. I think he's won two, two PGA Tour events. It's two maybe. or three. He's got like 12, two or three. Win, 12 or 13 wins on the European Tour, though. That's nothing to sneeze Exactly. At. Exactly. With, with like, like, and, and Ian Poulter, hell of a player, credit to him. But, you know, the guy just comes out of nowhere and he wins his match. And it's like, it's personal for him. And I think it's personal with a lot of the Europeans because they always battle with the PGA Tour over which is the better tour. If you ask the Europeans which tour they would rather play on, they go to the PGA Tour. Better weather, better golf courses. More money. Uh, twice the money, more money. They all want to play on the PGA Tour. And I think, like a burned Weisberger, I mean, how many PGA Tour events has he played in? Well, it probably you plays know? in, what, with the WGCs and majors. So if you add them all up technically, what's he playing, uh, 10 a year? Yeah. Yeah, versus, I mean, how many did Ron play this year? It seemed like he played every one. 20-something? Had to be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I think the Europeans, they just, over there, whenever they play their, their league play, it's all match play. And they just take a lot of pride in doing that. So, you know, it's like all, the, the Americans always on paper tend to look better because that's what you're used to watching. But the Europeans, I mean, they know how to go out and grind it out. And it's not Padraig Harrington's fault. I mean... You know, he, the the guys ran into a buzzsaw. The only thing I question with him is keep you know keep putting out Paul Casey at forty four years old to get beat. 
nothing against Paul Casey. Like I love Paul Casey's game, but is there a point where you just have to say, okay, that's enough? DJ is beating the shit out of him, and we're moving on to Cincinnati. Like, I mean, I don't know. Paul Casey's two nicknames are Popeye and Fish and Chips. So, you know, I mean, I mean, and Paul Casey's one of the guys. Like, you you watch him strike the ball. He should have two or three majors, and you know five PGA tour win, but it seems like on Sunday, his putter goes cold. The other, the other thing you got to look at captain Harrington, what is Matthew Fitzpatrick doing on the team? Did he qualify for one of the, I, I have no idea. It was different rules this year because normally, normally it's eight qualifiers and four captain's picks because of COVID they decided to do over the last combined two years, Six qualifiers, six I, captain picks. I think and he I was on the team. For, I think he. Did? We have to look this up. We're probably not. I mean, I think I'm right, but you I can think fact check that. I think he got on the team through like the European Tour portion of the qualifying, not the world he ranking. Because oh, he's really? not the right guy for that golf course in theory, right? Like he's kind of. I mean, he's really good, but he's not a bomber. Right. Right, I mean th- th- that's why they picked Scheffler over Patrick Reed, right? Like the golf course dictated that pick. I'm assuming if it's in Rome, you take Reed over Scheffler. Yeah, I mean, but you have to look at the last year. I mean, Patrick Reed did not have a great 2021 versus what he's normally had. And so when you combine the two years, I mean, obviously you're not top six. I mean, you're trying to be the top six Americans in the world in order to qualify. Like those guys are all great, but. I think what it comes down to, yes, Steve Stricker, who is a Midwestern, like heart of the soil guy, and you have Patrick Reed with a tainted past. I mean, do you really pick him? Is Patrick Reed really a locker room guy? Well, that's what I'm saying. I How don't much hear... of that was just Steve Stricker's already got a half shit show with Bryson and in the rest of it. So why, why do I need to throw this <laughs> fire in there? It, really, like how much of that was just like no. Right, like nope, yeah, not, I, I, yeah. no, 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 no. There's not enough there this year. Like I'm not dealing with it. Or did Bryson come up to him and say, "I want Scheffler as my partner" because that worked out quite nicely. And I saw in the post interview, the biggest, you know, they asked Bryson, "You know, what's the biggest difference this year?" He goes, "Got a partner I really like playing with." So I, mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, but you know, Shoffley. I mean, Shoffley's a solid player all around. You know, and I think when you look at a Patrick Reed. Or i.e. a let's just go farther down the line, Kevin Na. Okay, everyone talks about man, Kevin Na would just be a great Ryder Cup guy. He's a great putter. He's uh, he's a great putter. But a lot of his a lot of his putting saves are for par and for bogey that he's making. So, you know, and is he really a locker room guy? No. Like the history of Kevin Na is like he's just not a locker room, hoorah rah, let's go drink beers with the boys kind of guy. But isn't that changing and a little bit Patrick. on him, though? Isn't that kind of isn't isn't Kevin chilling out a little bit more? He's chilling out a little bit. He's definitely chilling out a little bit. But it's not. It's to the point where like him and Tiger. I mean, Tiger will be around anybody that Tiger can get information off of. Like Tiger was playing practice rounds with Bryson DeChambeau, talking to him about green density. Um, whatever the heck else Bryson thinks about. Like, I don't even want to go into that guy's mind. 
I mean, he's a physics guy, but I mean, SMU is 149th in the country in physics. So I don't really know how good Bryson is at physics, but it's, you know, like Tiger wants to be around guys like that that are different because Tiger's different. So Tiger hangs out with like Kevin Na and Bryson DeChambeau because he might not be able to pick up on certain things with other players, i.e. Phil Mickelson, i.e. Harris English, Daniel Berger, you know, like that's just who Tiger is. I mean, the guy was in his prime. He changed his swing three times and still won. Like it just goes to show you like what goes through Tiger's mind and how differently he looks at the game. And pulling this up, Ryder Cup qualifiers 2021, Matthew Fitzpatrick was number eight. So he was the captain's pick. This he year. was a captain's pick. Okay. He was a captain's pick. He was a captain's pick. And, and, and like nothing against Matthew Fitzpatrick. The guy's a phenomenal golfer that all of us wish we could play like him, but he doesn't hit it far. He doesn't, he, I mean, he puts with the flag stick in from eight feet in. He's never won a point for the Ryder Cup. I mean, is that the next generation of, he got paired with Lee Westwood twice. Is that Westy saying, hey, young buck, let me go out and show you how we properly get our asses kicked. And then you can kind of like meld into your own and get some fire in you. Or like, I mean, what is going through Potty's mind there? Well, let's look at it this this scenario as well, and we and we briefly talked about this, but I don't want to go too deep with it because I figured you know save it for the podcast. How mm-hmm. much is this home field advantage starting? And I saw John Wood put something on Twitter today, and I responded back to him. Right, the caddy is like, and this is what I was thinking ahead of time. Like, it's starting to get. We'll make Hazeltine, and I don't mean like Hazeltine for U.S. Open. I mean like. Hazeltine, let's make nine birdies around Hazeltine for those guys. Whereas no rough, wide fairways, oh, yeah. easy pins, fired up America. Hey, we're going to go to Europe. We're going to put the greens at nine. We're going to pinch everything in at like 300 yards. And we're going to make it a Ian Poulter, Paul Casey uh, 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 driving range golf course for him. Molinari. Casey, Molinari. Oh, gosh, right? Like, perfect, right? God. I mean, there's a reason he went 5-0. and oh. Like, that would be the... Not a great putter, better putter on slow greens, right? Doesn't bomb it, pinches in where he hits it to. Like, perfect Francesco Molinari golf course. Exactly, right? So you have to imagine the next go-around in Rome will be a version, and it will be, of slower greens, tight golf course, a Valderrama on steroids, and you get the Matthew Fitzpatricks of the world to play pretty damn well there. So here's my question. It's two parts. And I've been thinking about this one. Is it getting overdone for the style of golf where it start, hopefully it doesn't make the Ryder Cup boring, but the last couple kind of have been? And then do, you, do, do both teams have to start looking at what kind of team they put out there based on the golf course? So if we go to Rome and they look at Rome and it is going to be tight, do you send out Patrick Reed, a Kevin Na, a Brian Harmon? You're going to have your five or six studs, but is the, is the last five or six guys uh, Kevin Kisner's of the world versus the Bombers. And then does Europe start to have to think, well, we got to get the young studs who hit it a mile when they have Hazeltine 3.0 coming in the next go around? Like, does it, is it going to be enough of a difference of golf course designs where the captains literally start looking at picks based on that golf course? I, I exactly, I, I see what you're saying. I agree with what you're thinking. Um, but again, when you look back, Bright, like, like, let's just go back to Bryson, okay? 
Bryson wins the U.S. Open. Deep rough, winged foot, um, bad weather because of the time of the year, and also some balls not flying as far. And he goes down, and he overpowers it. Matthew Wolf had one of the worst driving accuracies um, in the history of the U.S. Open, and he got second. Okay? So when you look also back at Le Golf National, the last time they played the Ryder Cup in Europe, it was deep fescue. And the Americans kept hitting it all over the place. The PGA Tour designs their scores around how low can we go and how far can we bomb it. The European tour is more like, hey, we want to see a little bit more how your course and management skills are. It's also the difference between the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour, right? Corn Ferry Tour courses are longer, but they're more straight. The rough is thinner. You, you shoot 27 under, and you might get third. But you can look at the picks. Like if you took – DJ, you took Brooks, Canley hits it far, Bryson, and like took those guys over to Europe, to Rome. And you have a shorter course where it pinches in and the rough is thick. I just, the ball doesn't fly as far over there. So you have to make the constant adjustments. I mean, you can look at, I mean, if I went over to Europe, I would want the guys that are a little bit shorter or like super long. So who's your shorter guys? You would, would you would you replace a, a Harris English with a Kisner or a Kevin Naza? Are you talking like the back end of your team? Is that how you may adjust? Right. I would adjust the back end of the team because your superstars are your superstars. They're going to go out and do whatever. The back end of your team, you have to look at, do we want someone that's really good at scrambling? Do we want someone that's really good with irons? Kevin Kisner doesn't hit it far, but Kevin Kisner is a beer-drinking locker room guy who's got a hell of a short game. And he's a pretty good iron player. Really good iron player, right? He's seven irons, eight irons. Really, yeah, he's a really good iron player. And that's what you want. Like, if you look at the European team, I mean, John Rahm, Sergio Garcia, Paul Casey, Tyrell Hatton, Victor Hovland, Weisberger, Lee Westwood, they're all really, really good iron players. That's correct. And they know how to play over there. And I think that the that the Americans don't have enough experience over their playing, even though you might have – I don't even know if they have Ben Grass. I think they have Ben Grass in Europe. I don't know. Maybe that's why I didn't make it through there. But, the, I mean, those guys, it, the, the ball, it just travels differently. The turf is different. Uh, the atmosphere is different. Everything is just different. Greens are slower for the it, most part. No question about it, right? Greens, you, you, greens are slower, yes. Did you have a hard time professionally going over there and playing in tournaments with the green speeds? Not really. Um, not with the greens. The only time I had, like, I had an issue at Q School was when they double cut and double rolled the greens because they were not expecting wind and they were expecting rain. And I went off last in the afternoon, the second round. And the greens, they had completely lost them. I mean, I was hitting chip shots at the middle of the green, and they were rolling off the back into a downslope into the water. You know, and that was just a European course management error. Like but, that, like, like that's all that was. But, but normally it, they're slower. If you watch a European tour, yes, event, they are. Yeah, they're slower. You got to be more aggressive with your putts. Um, just the way it flies over there, where. 
the United States, like their course conditions, I mean, we were just talking about this. I played TPC Summerlin. Greens are super soft, super receptive right now. In two weeks when they have the tournament there, it's landed five yards short of the pin, let it go up there, let it spin, let it do whatever you want to do. Rough is a little bit cut down. They're letting that grow in. I mean, it's a completely different ball game because the, because the U.S. courses always want to be perfectly manicured. The European golf courses want to be perfectly played. You know, like if that makes any sense to any of the golf listeners out there, I don't know if it does, but that's just my take on it. The, the European courses are more just like as they are, as they would naturally more sit. Is it? Is it more? They're more the, yeah, exactly. They're more <laughs> as as they would be. It's For, like, hey, we play it this way year round. Come play it this way, and that's the way it's going to be. What do you think about the American? Is this a change of the guard? In, in, in you know, probably answer my own question. Yes, but also too, does it show youth? Uh, you know, Scheffler's never won a PGA Tour event. You put him in there, and he plays great. Does, it, does it, is there something to be said about young nerves and no fear and none of the baggage of the of the last fifteen years? It's like it's a it's a new slate. We're going this direction. You know, how much do you think that factors into just youth and exuberance and no fear and, and the, the scar tissue is just not in there yet? No, it's not. I mean, like, none of those guys have been, well, I don't want to say none of them. A few of them have never been part of a losing Ryder Cup team, like the massacre at Medina that took place and what year was that, 2014? 12, I was out there on that Sunday. 12, was, oh, yeah. yeah I, I watched it. Yeah. It was uh, like that's a horrible. like a funeral with 150,000 people in it or something. It was the strangest yeah, thing I've ever you know, seen. Right, it, it it sucks. And I think, like, the, the generation of golf is just getting younger and younger and younger. Like, you have these guys like Morikawa where they hit a bad shot and they just don't worry about it. They go recover and they move on. I mean, maybe it's. ADD and video games or TikTok or whatever is just teaching them in order to like, you know, like a goldfish, you know, it has a 10 second memory and they just scroll on. And Scheffler has just been a heck of a player for a long time. He goes out and he takes down John Rom, no problem. And I, I just, there's, there's none of this, Hey, Oh my God, I'm playing against Lee Westwood or Ian Poulter who are, these Ryder Cup legends, they're like, hey, man, I'm just going to go out and play my golf, and, you know, if I win by four, three, two, one, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just going to go hit my shots, and there you go. What's this do for a shuffler going forward? Like, he hasn't won on tour, but to perform the way he performed under that pressure. Man, shout to Scheffler. Like, like shout to that guy. He's playing for – he's playing for uh, – I really wish he was sponsored by Johnsonville Brats or something like a bags company. Cause you know, the guy's what, 24, 25 years old. He looks like he's 40 and has that's, three kids. That's what I think. He looks like Harrison Frazier. Who's like 50. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think the guy's living hard, but he looks like he's like, like 39 years old. And he's worked at, you know, general dynamics for 20 years in the higher <laughs> management department. Right. Like, I, I don't, no, totally. He's the guy that comes guy in. He's the guy that comes in is untuck it and he fires you. Yeah, you right. know, he's like, like, "Hey, bro, we can't do this anymore." He he does. He looks like I, I get confused between him and Harry. He looks like Harrison Frazier to me, but taller. And the, like Harrison Frazier is fifty now, and they damn near look the same. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if he's like going you know, out late at night or what the hell's the kid doing to himself? I I have no idea. You know, maybe maybe it's the pure genetics of. Wherever he's from, one of the best jeers I read about today was when Harris Inglis is walking off the first tee 
And some guy goes, hey, Harris, I'll have my taxes in by Tuesday, you know? <laughs> like, like, stuff like that is great. Like, I mean, Scotty, Scotty looks like, I don't know if uh, you remember this, but when the men's Olympic curling team won the gold medal in the Winter Olympics, can't remember where it was, and some guy tweeted, man, these look like just a bunch of dads that get together on the weekend, have a six-pack, and freaking roll the thing out there, you know? Have a day. I mean, does, I just... Doesn't Scotty yeah. Scheffler look like mid- to high-level management in corporate America today? It does, right? He looks like that guy. He does. He does. His, you know, he's 6'3", his wife's 5'1". It's like, you know, good for Scotty Scheffler. And he, and he looks like he's swinging with, like, one arm tied behind his back in a freaking English phone booth. But the <laughs> guy, I mean, he hits it to eight feet every time. I'm going, Jesus, I should have been a two-planer and come out of my shoes and flip it at impact. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's I working love for him. Yeah, he, he, but, like, it is, you know, to think he's never won. I mean, he's a great player. He's won on every level. But to have, you know, to not have won and to do what he did, this is like the whole new generation where it's like, the pressure just doesn't seem to get to these guys like they, you know, they did to the guys in the 80s and the 90s, you know, where they're sweating bullets and there's, you know, swamp ass going and it's just they look like they're half dying out there and gagging, right? You remember? I mean, you might be too young Four to remember those days, though, but it's like these people look like they were, you know, going through a concentration camp to, to win a PGA Tour event. And now it looks like, yeah. like you were just saying, it's like I go up, I hit the golf shot. If it's a bad shot, I move on to the next one. And on the next hole, I tee it up and I hit it 330 yards down the middle and I fire at the pin again. And after yep. 18 holes, I shoot like 67 every day. Thanks for coming. Yeah. There is no sure, more. Dude. Fire away. Yeah. And I'm, and it's like, I'm, I don't know if I'm describing it right, but there's no more, you know, 10 years of journeyman's learning curve or fear is gone or the sweats and backing off from the ball. And, you know, it's like. That shit is just over. I don't know if it's mental coaches from a young age, but it's like even if they have a bad first hole, they just fire it up again, nine iron from 178 to eight feet, make the eight-foot putt, going down to the third hole. It's like there's just no fear or what am I trying to say? Like there's just no like there's no self-doubt creeping in anymore where they used there's to have no guys self-doubt. like – There's no self-doubt. Yeah, there's no self-conscious. I mean, so – Turn back the clocks here. I'll, I'll go like so. I I went and watched the Maui gym up at uh, Mirabel Golf Club here in, in Scottsdale. Young freshman made the team. Pierce Grieve, shout out to Pierce. You know, had a hell of a day. Hell of a hell of a freshman tournament. And uh, I went up there, watched him play the last uh, twelve holes. The kid was one over. wasn't hitting it that great. He was, you know, he's struggling a little bit. Then all of a sudden, he, you know, he throws in like three or four birdies coming down the stretch. Just didn't care. And on the 17th hole, he's got a 25-footer downhill for Eagle. Hits a 10-feet pass. It was a terrible putt. And then he just rolls it in coming back. No emotion, no fist pump. Get the ball out of the hole. Go to 18. Pipe it. Hit it to 8 feet. Unfortunately, missed the putt. Rolls it in. Talking to him afterwards, I'm like, hey, man, like, way to go. He goes, eh, you know, just doing what I do. Just golf. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was just a no-care factor. Yeah, and I remember like Rich Beam winning or something, right? It looked like he was just literally going through the worst cross examination of his life, you know, by the FBI it was sweat. Like he just looked like it was it was <laughs> like the process was like horrifying. You know, it was good because he won, but it didn't look fun. These guys just looked no. like like okay, like 
I got this. It does not look like they had the fear that they had 20 years ago in the big moments. And I don't know what the difference is. I don't know if the equipment's just that much easier to hit at some level where they don't have the fear of God in them anymore. Maybe that's where my problems come in because I played college golf in the early to mid-90s and it took nothing to snap hook something with my talent out of bounds on a tee shot randomly at any point in time. That was scary. That caused me to have swamp ass and horrifying nerves. Uh, I don't know. But these kids today, man, it is just, you know, it's there's no fall off. There's no fear factor anymore. There's no fear of the moment. Maybe that's there's it. there's no fear. There's no fear. And it, but I, I also think like when you were playing, um, when I was playing, you know, fifteen years later, there wasn't as much knowledge, coaching, anything that had to do with the mental, physical game um, that goes on nowadays. I mean, these kids are going to college. They got, you know, a four-bedroom suite in the athletes' village. They got a sports psychologist, a dietitian, a track, a personal track man. You get fit for whatever clubs you want. Uh, like, I didn't have any of that. We were told in 1992 to not lift weights because it would be bad for golf. I, I can so see we, that how that we had transition no into your long game. Yeah, we had no workout regimen. Like we weren't supposed to do anything. We were golfers. Besides drink beer. Well, that, yeah, and gamble like that goes about <laughs> right. But like Pat. actually, like Shots, Pat. right, like working out because you're like a you know college athlete. None of it. You're a golfer. You don't do that. It's you know that was like what would like be bad for your flexibility or something. Don't touch weights. You know, it's yeah. 1992. Just you know. Put a dip in and biceps. have a six pack at night after the practice round, and you're <laughs> be fine. Well, it's, shit, up at uh, up at uh, Wisconsin Oshkosh. I mean, I have to imagine the uh, Miller High Life or the uh, PBR Steel Reserve. I mean, PBR. Oh, you man, you drink. I, I had two Paps in Vegas this last weekend. It's tasty. I was isn't impressed. It? Isn't that good flavor? I love that's a, Paps. That's a good flavor. I love beer right there. Yeah. yeah. Right. The, the the only thing I have to say against the U.S. team number one, their golf polos from. Polo Ralph Lauren, which is a European company, $298 for a USA Ryder Cup hoodie. I had a day with that. I, I did not like that at all. If you go to sub70.com, get your hoodie, $45, $50, whatever it is. Wouldn't you feel like shit if you spilled your beer at Monday Night Football on a $300 hoodie? Oh, dude. I, right? Like, I, I, I would oh, be, man. like, paranoid. I, and I like Ralph Lauren clothes. I have nothing, you know, like, it's great stuff, but I can't, and I'm not trying to, like, plug my own shit, but $300 for a hoodie I'm going to wear with some jeans and some, you know, Chuck Taylors or Pumas or something? Like, I, something. I, can't, I can't square that one up. No, I, I can't square that one up either. And and here's the thing. I, I get Brooks Kepka sponsored by Michelob, right? So he's out there drinking seltzers or making a big deal about seltzers and, all sort of stuff. But here's the thing. When you go to Wisconsin, Wisconsin is one of the best beer drinking states in the United States. Like, shout out to Wisconsin, your number one nuclear brewing company, Spotted Cow. Oh, that's good stuff. My favorite beer. Yeah, my boy Charlie James, awesome Wisconsin. They brought me actually back two Spotted Cows when he was in Wisconsin last weekend. I'm excited to drink them. But they're drinking Michelob Ultra. I don't care about your sponsors. Like, drink some local beer. Oh, there's good local beer up there, right? I didn't think about that, but yeah, right? I mean, maybe he's never had a spotted cow, but if he did, I guarantee you that would not be the last one he had. 
Oh, Spotted Cow is phenomenal. Moon Man is phenomenal. New Glarus Brewing Company, I'm sure that there are other ones up there that are awesome. New Glarus, you can only buy it in Wisconsin. If you ever go, sneak a 12-pack in your suitcase. It's new, Spotted Cow is awesome. I mean, I can't say enough about it. Agree to agree. So going forward, is Europe in trouble or... Like every generation, these guys are now going to be, you know, your Pulse is probably done. Westwood's probably done. Is there a revamp coming on their side? And will they have some new talents coming through? Or talent, I should say. Your Hovlins, some, uh, the two twins over there. And might we be surprised over the next couple of years of some young studs they may be having, uh, you know, come up to that next level, right? I mean... You know, if you look at the future of the European team, I mean, Roy McIlroy is going to be there. Tyrrell yep. Hatton's going to be there. John Rahm, Paul Casey's fading off a little bit. Fitzy, he sucks. Uh, Wesley retiring, probably. Well, go Champions Tour. Whatever Wesley does. I mean, the guy had a great year this year. He should have easily won twice. I mean, Wesley, Wesley's always going to be there. He's a great guy. Um, Sergio Garcia, when they have in Rome, he's going to be 43 years old. Uh, you know, so so. I'm sure that his like with his swing, it's going to hold up. It'd be a good golf Sergio's course for him though, be, too for hitting irons. It would be a great about, golf, right? yeah, great, exactly. great golf course. But here's the thing: they're 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 raving about Sergio Garcia setting the record for most wins and all this other BS and whatever. Somewhere in the world, wherever he is, Anthony Kim is laughing <laughs> because Anthony Kim absolutely beat the shit out of him at Valhalla, and that was one of the best matches I ever watched. Now, scrolling down, you got Victor Hovland, He's Shane good. Lowry. Shane Lowry, Vic Javi, love that guy. Love his golf swing. He's always happy. Love Victor Hovland. Shane Lowry, first-time Ryder Cupper, played pretty well. He's going to keep it going. You got the twins over there. I think it's good. I just The thing is, those guys have been together for so long with, with the uh, – you know, like even Rory, Justin Rose, Paul Casey, Westy, great on them. They've been together long. I think Fitzpatrick was paired with uh, West uh, Westy this week because trying to groom him. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So, like, like they're trying to groom him. I mean, the kids have a, had a rough run the last two, but I think the future of the European Ryder Cup team is always going to be fine. But the U.S., if they figure out how to play across the pond, they can really make a dominating effort. And the talent's there for sure. You know, with, you know, Morikawa, you know, Patty Ice. I mean, right? I mean, that game will, that game will travel. I mean, that kid has zero weakness. Well, think it, well, think about it. Like when I was qualifying for the U.S. amateurs, um, it came down to Peter Uline and Patrick Hanley. And Peter Uline beat Cantley out of two straight U.S. Opens. Or, I'm sorry, U.S. Amps. Correct me. U.S. Amps. And Uline was like the guy. And he didn't get through Q school. He wouldn't play in Europe. He got his PJ Tour card, do his European points, didn't make it on the PJ Tour, went back to the Corn Ferry Tour finals a number of years. It's and now Cantley's cashing $15 million checks. He's got four girlfriends credit to him 
is is Uline back Love on tour guy. though now? Did he? I think he made it through the yes. Corn Ferry Tour Finals, right? He's, he did. He's, yeah, he's he's a good player. He's a good. He's player. a great player. He's yeah. a great player. He's also sponsored by PlayStation, which I'm a huge fan of. Huge fan of. Well, it's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, next two years. It's there's going to be a lot to talk about from golf course setup to where do the Europeans go next, and you know what do our guys do? But it's you know it's going to be exciting, like it's hard to not like that group of the core young group of guys we have on the American side at this point. And, and then you have to, if, if it's, you know, it for Westy and, and Poulter, you know, of course, Poulter has to go out and beat Tony Finau again, right? Like they do just as a gamer on Sunday at the Ryder cup, you know, say what you will about the rest of his game at times. And, you know, but boy, when, uh, when they need one on Sunday, the dude doesn't spit the bit. So, no, it doesn't. Ian Poulter, Ian Poulter has never lost a match in singles. Fantastic. Uh, Jordan Spieth has never won a singles match. Go back to the other side. I any, believe he's over six. Any other uh, uh, PGA Tour tidbits, uh, stuff of the fall season, inside info without giving too much away uh, that we should be looking for? You know, wraparound season kind of starts again already. We got some, you know, good fall events coming up. Anybody we should be looking for, things you're hearing, things you like, et cetera, et cetera. I haven't heard a whole lot. I mean, I've, I've been traveling. Um, I just guided for a buddy at First HQ School, uh, shot five under, missed it by 11. It was 16 under to get through first stage at is, our site in St. George, Utah. Isn't that crazy? Credit to, my God, credit. I mean, I played there in 2018, but it's like, credit to everyone getting through i mean that number just goes lower and lower every year you know it's not a hard golf course but man you can get in trouble out there uh austin squires young guy we played with during the practice round shot 61 in the third round to get to minus 16 i think he shot four into the last round to get to minus 20 hats off to austin squires pride of uh playing at university of cincinnati we also played a practice round with billy tom Sargent. The mustache mullet man he could can, not have been a nicer guy. That guy can have a good time, right? Oh, dude, so cool, so cool. And one of his one of his buddies was the guy. Well, he knew him, who got in a fight with the other guy at the Monday <laughs> qualifier at Sand Creek Station. So we got the info, inside info on that story. There's been there's a couple people in jail. But you know what? The young future of American golf is here. Oh, and well, keep and, it going. And speaking of which, I had the, I'll call it the privilege, to go out to Dismal River last week and do some prep work with Mikey Toothpaste, i.e. Mikey Colgate, for stage one of Q School. He, I'm about, you know, he about beat the shit out of me because I'm thinking, like, you know, it's a vacation. I want to kind of, like, you know, have one too many cocktails the night before, wake up kind of groggy stumble to the first tee and then kind of find it by like hole six. Apparently Mikey toothpaste is working at it and then drug me along with this, which I probably needed because the game was a little shoddy coming off knee injury. Mikey worked my ass off and then we worked all morning, bunch of shots, bunch of different stuff. And then, and then afternoon matches. So it was kind of fun. Like, I mean, obviously he has to give me some strokes and handicap me a tee box because he's really good and I'm falling off a little bit at, you know, 48, but that was fun to see and work and see how hard those guys really work. I, how hard professional golfers really work at it. Cause I was beat by Sunday for like three days of doing that, like beat. 
and uh, no, they they do. But I mean, like, I w- I, w- I wouldn't say that you're washed up or whatever. You're just repositioning your career and how you manage your strokes. Yeah, um, yeah, I've seen I'm, you. I've seen you play four holes when you blessed me with your presence at Dismal. Yeah, and it may have been one of the best four holes I think I've ever seen. Well, I did hit you a know for pure yeah. seven hybrid in a par three. Just. <laughs> To four feet. <laughs> to four feet. The honorable was in the bar drinking already, and I think that it was a shot heard around Dismal River. It really was. But it, it is really impressive was. to watch like Colgate of like I'm a fine quality amateur player. I couldn't beat Mike from the same tee box of our I mean, he would have to be on one leg and a broken arm. Like it's that much better. Right. Well, it's like if I play with you straight up, like I, I, it's, there's a difference, right? There, there is a big difference between professional golf and good amateur golf, and seeing it up close and and working with Colgate, it was really cool to see like effort, time, and he's playing really good. I'm really excited for him to see. He's like, playing great, yeah. Mikey like, Toothpaste, yeah. I looked up the schedule. Mikey Toothpaste is out of ski school uh, this week. I believe it was. Shout to Mikey Toothpaste. Um, when he just stared at me from across the table at dinner and didn't say anything to me, um, I thought he was going to kill me like in my sleep somewhere. But then I just realized that he was going to kill me on the golf course. Yeah, he's, a, he's a quiet assassin. He's, he's, he's a quiet assassin. He's tough. Yeah, he, he, he's tough. And he, he wears pants all the time. Good for him. Very Might need to do some calf raises. Very professional. Uh, but when I went out there and played, credit to me, I was hungover a lot. And uh, maybe still drunk, maybe 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 still drunk. Um, but Mikey like didn't drink. He was there to play. And when you teed up against Mikey, he's gonna go play. And well, he, best of luck to Mikey Colgate. I got him on, or he got me on day one. I got him on day two, though. I parted him to death. Just parted him. To death. Did you did you accept the money though? No. I didn't think so. No, he helped. It was a. I, I called it paying for a lesson each day in the morning. Because he definitely <laughs> helped me short game. We did some work, uh, putting. We we did a lot of work, and he did a lot of uh, like. Let's think about it this way. So it was a uh, it was a like you know, gotta help the kids out these days a little bit, right? Like gotta give back a little. So I Always won the bet. Won the bet, but you know I would not accept the money. I, it was a lesson fee. But he's a good kid, right. man. He's really talented. It was fun. Like if you can't get pumped up playing with a pro and working out with a pro and, like, going through what they go through and, like, kind of seeing that for a few days, like, you don't love golf, then, in my opinion, right? Like, that is, if you're not excited to have the privilege to play with a professional golfer and hang out for three days and see how your game does against a pro, handicapped, of course, but just to be, like, in that presence and play in that arena, like, like I'm just, like, I'm excited talking about it. Like, that shit pumps me up. That's fun. That is That's fun great. to go against somebody who plays that good and see, like, you know, how do you do? Right? That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Right. And, and and Mikey Colgate has got all the talent in the world after playing with him for four straight rounds. Um, I finally got him to tell a joke. I think he spoke seven words, which I feel like was a win. But those, I mean, you look at Mikey Colgate, the guy's got no status anywhere. No. And it's, 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 not, it's, it's not a knock on Mike. Mike has the talent in the game to go play on any tour. 
in the world. It shows. And you walk out there and you, yeah. Yeah, how hard it is, right? What that journey it's is hard. really like, how hard it is. Because he is good. Like, it's not like some pipe dream shit. Like, oh, he's he can't, I mean, he's a legit touring professional quality player. Legit. Yes. And it, yes. you, you got to almost like Doc Redmond it, right? You got to get the, what did he do? Turn the, the, uh, Monday, uh, he qualified on the Monday, right? Then top 10 it, top 10 it, top 10 it, top 10 it card. Mm-hmm. It's doable, right? But you got to get on some sort of a heater like that or get through Q school and get through, you know, to have exempt status on corn ferry tour. It, there is a bit of playing great at the right time, right? It shows just how competitive it really is. Uh, well, I don't need to tell you that. You know, you know this of how how good it really the, the how good the quality of play is from the guy who is fifteen hundred or fifteen hundredth in the world to eighth in the world. It's not that huge of a difference. It's not. And I remember I played a Canadian tour at Q School at Saboba Springs with Cameron Davis, one of the rocket mortgages here, Australian kid. 6'4", wear size 14 shoes. Um, and I went out and played with him. I played pretty well, and the guy just slapped me. I mean, he hit shots where I just looked at that, and I'm like, dude, I'm punching this out short of the bunker. I mean, it's underneath the tree, four and a half inches of rough. I'm punching out, trying to run on the left side. If not, I get up and down. The guy opens up a 7-iron, punches it 103 yards. He's got eight feet for birdie. I mean, Cameron Davis was just a different – animal breed of person he short side himself he flop shot it to three feet made the putt rafael Campos. i mean the guy has a one on tour but good god when i saw him like fly my driver with three wood and he's like half my size i go what in the actual shit is going on here <laughs> you know yeah, no, i mean and he's, and he's not as great shape he's just like what you know the guy just kills it good for him the talent is deep, my friend, and the Americans are looking pretty good. Well, um, thank you, as always, for coming on. Always fun. Say hi to the uh, Honorable J.B. Mathers for me, of course. Always paying respect to the Honorable. And uh, we'll, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. I'll be in Nashville with uh, with Kenton and uh, Kenton Bryant. Listen to his country music, everyone. It's great stuff. And his wife, my wife, and I are going down there. Might be playing some golf with Brett Hull at... Uh, um, couple's trip. Couple's, a couple's trip, but Kent and I are still going to go out and play some golf and hopefully going to play the Troubadour with, with Brett and uh, hang out there a little bit and go see some good live music and eat some good food. And I think I'm coming back to your guys' event at Black Sheep, right? So I get to see you guys Monday. I think our past right. cross one night. So, yeah, I'll definitely be out and say hello to the boys and uh, be good to see everybody. The Honorable and I are looking forward to it. We got Violent J Armor and Scott Meter game. Yeah, and it was on the deals. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great golf course. Black Sheep is abs. I mean, this time of year it's going to play awesome in the fall here in the Midwest. So you guys are going to have a great time out there. I will see you for beers in about two weeks. I will say hi to Kenton for you, and um, yeah, everything is good, man. Thanks for coming on and doing this. Always a pleasure, sir. Always a pleasure with you, Jason. Love your stuff. Sub70.com. That's a great quarter zip hoodie, or a quarter zips actually just came out with Ryan Armour, the male model. I don't know if I'd call him a male model. He's, <laughs> if you take maybe like, you know, you know, chest line up at the 
couple more sit-ups probably wouldn't kill him on the <laughs> other side. Well, he's he's very good from the neck up. There you I go. love Ryan Armour. We'll put it the to you best, that way. The best male model from the neck up. <laughs> Ryan Armour. Thanks, my man. All right, dude. We'll talk to you.